Praise the Lord. Let us stand up. Let's find five people. Extend your hand to them and say, let me, let me talk. Bring it down a little bit. Thank you. Say, God bless you. I love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. I love you. God loves you. Nothing you can do about it. Find five people. Five people. God bless you. I love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Send your hands towards him and say, God bless you. I love you. God loves you. Nothing you can do about it. starting a television network. Amen? Come on. 60 seconds or less. Come and tell us about it. Come on. Kim, can I have a microphone up here? What you're doing? What is it? Tell, tell us about what you're starting. Okay. So, like, maybe about three weeks ago, um, God had just been dropping some things in my spirit. Like I was told everybody one night that um, I'm on TV, um, I do work with a network, and then I'm on the radio every Sunday morning. Then God started saying, you can do this. And I said, well, how am I going to do it? <laughs> so I came to the church, my favorite spot, got on my knees with my kids, and I prayed. God said, go buy a notebook. Bought and bought a notebook. In that notebook, first two lines it said, "Order my steps in your word." The next line it said, "I'll acknowledge you in all my ways, and you will direct my path." I said, "So God, you got to show me what to do." So ever since then, everything has just been coming to me. Um, I got a business partner. His name is Minister Eric Copeland. Um, he is my media guy. He knows everything it is to know about it. Um, ten years ago, I'm going to be real quick, Bishop. <laughs> ten years ago, he had gave up his dreams of being in the media business. Then I came to him and I said, let's start a broadcast network. And he didn't know how that was going to happen. I just said, let's do it. So we got our paperwork in order uh, for the state of Michigan to become a uh, state-recognized business uh, doing media broadcasting. Um, we had our first meeting. When was that, Bishop? Um, the first recording was Friday here. Friday. That same Friday, we had a meeting with the senior director of Comcast of commercials and ads. So we met with him while we were, we were on face doing a video, like a Zoom, right here at the church with him. Um, he told him that we're going to partner uh, and um, merge our network with Comcast. We'll be on Comcast's platform. So, you know, there was nobody but God that could link us with that man. We should not have been talking to this man at all. This is the senior director of Comcast. He took time out of his busy schedule with his family in order to talk to us. And that's a God thing. So the name of our broadcast, you'll be seeing it very soon. It's called GMBN, 
Greater Miracle Broadcast Network. So, just when you think God ain't about to do something, he will do something. Listen, this year is the year where he's about to come through and get some breakthroughs and some miracles. If you just stay consistent with your prayers and you look to God, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, I promise you he will do it for you. Let me tell you something. All I know last year, I went through so many heartaches, so many jobs lost, didn't know what I was going to do. My house almost got took. My car was broke down. I didn't have no money. But thanks be unto God, who I have been redeemed by, he's brought me through. I had to go through some trials and tribulations. I had to go through some tests. I had to get beat upside my back by the devil. But let me tell you something. When I got down on my knees, I showed him that I wasn't getting up. I was not going to give up. Listen, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Look at here. I'm starting a whole broadcast network with Jesus. Okay? I'm starting a whole broadcast with Comcast. This is one of the biggest names out there on television. They connected with everybody. Now I'm connected with them. But I'm only connected with them because I'm connected with God. He can do it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, the Bible says, if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. If you don't suffer for something, you won't gain nothing. You got to be able to go through something, ladies and gentlemen. You got to be able to take those lashes on your back. You got to be willing to be persecuted and ridiculed and talked about all the days of your life. But when God brings you out, when God brings you out, you shall see the salvation of the Lord and the land of the living. Amen. dollars it wasn't three hundred dollars it wasn't four hundred dollars but it was five hundred dollars that they said I'm going to sow into your car and, 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 and. so if you suffer with me you can reign with me but see we don't want to pick up our cross and bear our own crosses but he had to bear a cross and if he had to bear a cross how much more am I? Now I have to bear my cross. And when I die with him, I can be resurrected with him. Because God is so good. Whatever he does to himself, he'll get it over to us because that's daddy. So if you're worried about something, if you're looking for something, if you're in need of something, trust him. Faith will work its way. That's it. You've been asking for a part, but now we see you working toward it. And when you work towards something, God says, I got to help my baby. I, I, I got to help my baby. So I came to prophesy that somebody may be in need of something tonight. If that was you, I'll just lift up my hands. Somebody is in need of something tonight. But God has already provided. Thank you. 
Who else here? Amen. Who else here has a testimony? Come on up here. Anyone else? Alright, back Scott does. How many of you have struggled financially this past year? I watched COVID hit. But because I'm an essential worker, Meyer decided to pay me $2 extra an hour for three months. Never missed a night of work. God blessed our household. How many of you need something done in your house? God blessed our household with cash. We put a new fence up this year. Put a new garage door on this year. Poured a sidewalk from the patio to the garage this year. Poured front steps this year. Purchased a new truck with a six-year interest-free loan in the race that God told me to be in. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord told me. It's time to start trusting. It's time to start believing. It's time to start saying it's mine. It's time to tell the enemy, take your hands off of it. It belongs to me. Do not settle for junk. Do not settle for junk. God's got a car for you, not junk. God's got a car for you. God's got what you need. It's time we rise up and it's time we take out of the enemy's hand what he has stolen from us. This is the year of restoration. It's time we start claiming it and walking it and believing it. I went on vacation last week. I plan on sitting my behind down and doing very little. We have a pastor in Jamaica that we've been ministering with the last two years. I did conference number three over Zoom. Thank God for Zoom. The Lord told me in 1985 he's going to give me the islands. This is the third year I've been in their conference. From that I've had other connections, other pastors that are wanting the same teaching that I gave, but for their church on grieving. God's got it in the time of need. God is there. It's time to quit wallowing, get your head up out of the junk. It's time to fly like the eagles. It's time to soar, not eat like a chicken, eat the junk off the ground. It's time that we soar. It's time that we rise up and tell the enemy you're done. You're defeated and I'm victorious. I did a teaching on seed giving and tithing and praying and fasting. I'm telling you, people already giving their seed. If you think it's your, you don't have any extra, find it. Give up a hamburger. I'm going to challenge you. Start giving seed offerings. Start giving seed offerings. Trust God. Try me and see is what the scripture says. Try me and see. I've tried him. And I'm telling you, over the past two to three years, God has blessed our household unbelievable. My wife retired. I thought her income was hit. We have missed a beat. We have a missed a beat. God, God's got you in control. I'm not going to preach. Well, try not to. You started this. Come on. Amen. Does anybody else have a testimony? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen, Bishop and Dr. Cheryl, amen. Um, I really feel in my spirit this word is really for someone. Um, my husband was away in Afghanistan during the whole pandemic. He left a month before it hit. Um, Dr. Cheryl and Bishop prophesied over him, spoke over him. And I was left home with a five and a three-year-old. Mind you, I have no family here. Okay. I do. (laughs) Natural family is what I meant. But it was, it was, I, I never first saw that coming. And one day, a young lady who I'm in part of a prayer group with, calls me up and says, Tequila, God put me on your heart, and I've been praying for you. I've been really praying for you and your kids, especially your son. And he laid it on my heart to give you my stimulus check. 
And now I'm going to be honest with you. I had one eye open, one eye closed. I'm like, oh, that's so wonderful. And before I hung up the phone, the check hit my account. Her whole stimulus check. People of God, she didn't know what I was going through. I was just crying out, seeking the Lord. It was rough. The Bible says when you seek him in secret, he will reward you openly. I live by that. I don't say much. I smile even when I'm hurting. But God rewards his orphans, his widows, and the fatherless. Another woman, the same thing. I don't know what it was with these stimulus checks. I said, what is folks giving me their stimulus checks? She called me up the same thing. Different person. The Lord put it on my heart to give you my stimulus. People of God, God sees you. The El Roy, Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees. Remember the woman in the wilderness. He saw her. He saw her pain. When Abraham just gave her a bottle of water, God blessed her with a whale. God sees you. Don't depend on people. Depend on the Father. So whatever you're going through, God, stay faithful to him. Stay faithful to him. And watch him bless you openly. Promotion doesn't, it may not come from the people you're being faithful to, but it will come from somewhere. So be encouraged. God is about to reward someone oh, as he's doing this young man, as he's doing, this word is for someone. God bless you. Amen. Come on. Amen. The word tonight as just you have a word to preach? A testimony to share? catch I was working at Henry Ford Hospital I had to catch three buses to work and three buses home I had to when my grandkids whom I raised y'all know for 11 and a half years I had to catch three buses to take them to school catch the three buses back home then catch the three buses to go get them amen so I know what it's like to be without a car but people sold into my life and I received amen and I was sitting there, God say, pull some money out your purse. Pull, I pulled the 10, he said, no, double it. He said, pull the money out your purse and sow into that young man's car because you got one coming too. Mine was taken in an accident, but I know God has not, in this pandemic season, he has not let me lack in no area. There's nothing I need. It's some things I desire, but it's nothing I need. Amen. So, Kristen, I don't know if anybody want to join me. I asked Bishop if this was okay, but I'm going to start. I want to sow into your car because mine's coming. The Bible says, give, and he give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall man give unto your blessing. Amen. So, God, give it. I'm starting with that. If anybody want to join me, get in on the blessing. I will curse those that curse you. He's a blesser. God is in the giving business. Amen. You have heard the word tonight. I'm just going to share a few thoughts tonight because you've heard the word. Practice. You've heard the word in reality. 
I want to talk about, if I say Jabez, say Jabez. Does anybody know, without looking in the Bibles, where it's at? The prayer of Jabez? No? Chronicles? How many would say, I don't know that much about Jabez? I'm going to be honest tonight. Well, that's one honest hand, two honest hands. Any others? Three. I don't know that much about Jabez. I've heard about it, but I don't know that much about him. There was a gentleman that made a whole lot of money off that book. Let's talk about Jabez tonight. From a new perspective. Father, we thank you for tonight for making the word real to us. The demonstration of your spirit through testimony. Father, I pray the word tonight would come alive within us. Bring revelation and understanding to our minds and to our hearts. Father, we thank you that the word would come to us. Be cultivated within our spirit and that we would be doers of your word. Not just hearers, but apply it to our lives. Bless the word tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Only two verses in the entire Bible talk about Jabez. You find them in First Chronicles. Amen. Chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The only two verses in the Bible about Jabez. Now, if some of you have a hard time sleeping at night, Open up 1 Chronicles chapter 1 and begin to read. The sons of so-and-so, the sons of so-and-so, the sons of so-and-so, the sons of so-and-so, the sons of Judah, the sons of this one, the sons of this priest, the sons of this one, the sons of this one. And all of a sudden, after four chapters of sons of Judah, the sons of this one, the sons of... Ah, we have something different. From 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1, to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 8, to the end, I can go to sleep. But now look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. And leave them up there for a little bit. I want to massage them, okay? Back and forth, back and forth. And Jabez was more, more honorable, honorable than his brethren. Say more. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Say sorrow. Another Hebrew word for that word sorrow, and maybe even a better translation, is the word pain. Pain. Say pain. I bear him with sorrow. Pain. Next verse, please. And Jacob was more honorable than his brother, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I have bore him in sorrow. Next verse, please. Can we get it a little bigger? There we go. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast. I don't know, understand. That new presenter and everything. Okay. Enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me. And that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Jabed 
mother, his mother named him after chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, most of chapter four, we get to his mother. Jabez was fatherless. Whether she had the child out of wedlock, whether the father died during the pregnancy, whether they were divorced. When he was born, he had no father. But he was honorable and respected among his brothers. How would you like to grow up with a name called Payne? This is my daughter Susie. This is my son Johnny. This is my son Jeff. This is my son Payne. This is Marie. This is Sally. This is Cheryl. This is Jerry. This is Payne. Hey, Payne, come here. Hey, Payne, come here. <laughs> but this simple prayer has four parts. And I would encourage you to incorporate those four parts into your prayer life every day. Let's look at them, four parts. Then Cheryl will come. Please, put up the second verse. All in one capsule if we can get it on the screen at once. It's First Chronicles 4.10. Just that one verse. And there's four parts of this verse. And Jabez called on the name of Israel. The name of God, the person of Israel. Saying, so what is Jabez doing? He's praying. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me. Now comes the word indeed. Hmm, why didn't you say bless me and leave it? Use the word indeed. Number two, and enlarge my coast or my sphere of influence. Third part of the prayer. Thy hand might be upon me. Thy hand might be upon me and my family and my children, Lord. And thou wouldest keep me from evil. That it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested or asked. It's a simple prayer, four parts. He asked God for four things to bless him, keep his hand upon him, to enlarge his spirit of influence, enlarge his coast, and to keep him from evil. And God granted him his request. What is interesting about that is that God answers prayer. You know, I grew up in a, a denomination that you would never ask God for, to bless you. You just did and served and you had this image, you don't ask God to bless you. If he blesses you, he blesses you. You don't ask for the blessing. You have not because you what? Ask not. We have to ask God for his blessings. Just don't assume he reads your mind. Just don't assume that, well, he understands, he knows, and I don't have to ask. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Now, there's all, you, you can't follow this process through and be involved in sin. Okay? It's dependent upon, you know, removing yourself from sin. We thank God for his mercy and his grace, but... Lord, say, Lord, Lord. Bless, me. bless me, enlarge my influence, enlarge my influence. Lord, Lord. Keep, me from evil. keep me from evil, and may your hand be upon me. Now, what does that word indeed mean? Bless me indeed. Say abundantly, exceedingly. Up and above and beyond. Say, whole bunches. 
He didn't say just bless me. He said bless me what? Whole bunches. Say whole bunches. I don't believe Jabez was greedy. I believe he was making a request before God. God bless me whole bunches. Take your hands and go whole bunches. Say whole bunches. Bless me Lord. Amen. You see this uh, scripture has been taught basically from a prosperity point of view. But when you start to look it up in the Hebrew, it has nothing to do with that, really. And the one thing we have to point out, too, is God caused Jabez, he saw Jabez as honorable. Yes. Right? What was so honorable about him if he was just asking for stuff? He was honorable because of what he prayed. He didn't ask for stuff. He didn't ask for pink Cadillacs and, you know, hot cars and cool clothes and big mansions. He didn't ask for that stuff. And I want to point out tonight, let's look at Ephesians 1 for a minute, verse 15 to 23. Because I want you to understand what God sees as honorable. Look at this. Wherefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. I want you to see something there. That look at what God considers honorable. Love, faith, wisdom, knowledge. Setting you in heavenly places. And look what it says. Far above principality, power, and might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's what God considers honorable. Mark that scripture in your Bibles and study it. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. Look and see what God considers honorable, not what man considers honorable. Understand that we need to get ourselves into an eternity thinking. Eternal mindsets. Get rid of worldly mindsets. Bind your mind to the mind of Christ and begin to understand what made Jabez honorable before God. What does it matter if the whole world thinks you're awesome and God doesn't think you're awesome? Because when you get to eternity, you got to measure up according to this, his word. He wants you to rule and reign Far above principalities, powers, rulers. Far into heavenly places. That which you cannot even conceive right now. And it has nothing to do with stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, it has nothing to do with stuff. God caused Jabez to be birthed in sorrow. His mother birthed him in pain. Most women who have had children understand pain. We understand the pain of childbirth. I don't know that I would want to call my kid pain. Some days. Well, I, I want to say a little story here. When my wife was in childbirth with the firstborn, Jenna, my oldest, 
And she was in the middle of labor. And men, hear me. Listen, learn from experience and wisdom. I made a mistake. And I said to her, isn't this wonderful? I can't wait till we have another one. And she looked over at me and says, if you ever do this to me again, I'll kill you. And you did. And he did. She was supposed to be twins. We only had one. Hallelujah. Yeah, she said, if you ever do this to me again, I will kill you. But there's pain. And I never filed charges against the threat of my <laughs> life. I never had any emotional pain over that, that threat. She threatened my life to kill me. Still threatening your yes. life. <laughs> His True mother story. birthed him, though, in pain. And the, the thing I want you to see is that when you go through pain, there is good that comes out of your labor. Out of Hello? the suffering. Out Did of you your, hear it tonight? Out of your labor, out of your pain, out of your suffering, good comes, comes out. Did you hear that tonight in the testimonies? So out of her labor, out of her pain, came Jabez. And God considered him more honorable than his brethren. What pain... And I want you to think about that for a minute. What pain or what trauma have you gone through as a child? What pain, what trauma have you experienced in your life that you need God even still to use to bring forth good? Life is hard. There's sorrows in life. There's anguish. There's depression. There's suffering, as you heard tonight. There's anguish. But out of that came the blessing, out of the pain, out of the suffering. Let's watch this clip for a moment on Jabez, and then let us return. The Old Testament of the Bible contains many mysterious passages. In 1 Chronicles 4, 9-10, we find a short prayer uttered by an obscure man, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez saying, because I bore him with pain. Now, Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, Lord, bless me indeed and expand my territory. Keep your hand on me, and keep evil from me, that I may not cause pain. And God granted him what he requested. Nothing is known about the man who voiced this heartfelt cry to God. He appears to be a man whose family was erased from Israel's history. But if a man and his family's memories were erased, why is he mentioned at all? And why does his prayer appear in the listing of the members of the tribe of Judah? In Jabez, conceived in pain, delivered in victory we meet the man behind the prayer. We discover why his family could not be mentioned in the chronicles of the tribes. We learn why he was more honorable than his brothers. More importantly, we find a man with whom many of us can identify. He is a man with a pitiful past and no hope for a future. He is a man who struggles to find meaning and significance in life. He is a man who is desperate to be accepted by his fellow man. But most of all, he is a man who craves a relationship with God. In the end, Jabez turns out to be more than an obscure man in a forgotten time. Instead, he is found to be a man whose prayer had a significant impact on the history of Israel. Though the story takes places over 3,000 years ago, its impact still affects us today. And it all started with the story of a life, told to one small boy. Amen. Amen. Realize that Men in the Bible, that back in the times of Israel, it was the men that received the blessings. It was passed through the men. Women were are not allowed to own property at that time. Isn't it interesting to note that how God, in the midst of all these men, sons of, sons of, father, sons of, comes a reversal out of this woman 
pain and sorrow of a fatherless situation. Some of us here have grown up in situations where there's been no fathers. There's been no authority in the house. Something in our childhood has tried to bite us. Something in our past has caused pain and sorrow. But in the midst of this, Jabez said, Lord, bless me. Whole bunch. Second thing he requested, give it to me. Come on, somebody give it to me. What? Enlarge my territories. He's praying this. What's the third thing he prayed? Keep me, your hand upon me, Lord. Keep your hand upon my children when they go to school in the morning. Keep your hand upon my wife. Keep your hand upon my house when I'm away. And the fourth thing is keep me from evil, that I would do no evil. Keep me from sin, Lord. That I may not sin against you. Bless me abundantly. Enlarge my territories. Keep your hand upon me and keep me from sin and evil. A prayer. And then God answered because he asked. You have to ask God. You have to ask him. Jabez asked him. Out of his pain came a blessing. When he asked God to expand his territory. Again, that's been quite very, very often preached from a prosperity point of view. But that is not what he meant. In the Hebrew, when he said, expand my territory, enlarge my territory, he wasn't asking for land. He was asking for greater influence in the kingdom. Can that not be our cry? Lord, I want to reach as many souls this year for your kingdom, to expand your kingdom, God. I want to show love and kindness to as many people as I come into contact with. I want to do something kind for as many people as I can that I come into contact with this year. Enlarge my influence. Not because I want to be a somebody, but because I want to touch a life. I want to make a difference. That's what he meant when he was asking God to expand his territory. Because in the Hebrew, it was about influence. It wasn't about what you owned. It was about the influence you had in your sphere, in your territory. How many of you are getting this tonight? He said, God, I want you to put your hand on me. May your hand be upon me. How many of you need God's hand on you? You know what that was all about? Jabez was saying, I have to be solely dependent on God. How many of you know you need to have total dependence on God? Not a job. Not a person. Not a machine. Not this, not that. God. Well, what if I don't have this or what if I don't have that? You will have God. Amen. How many of you know he wanted to be dependent upon God? In the original Jewish tradition, this is really important. Names were connected to destinies. Yes, here it is. So when you named your child, you named him or her with a destiny intended. So Jabez's mother had to be pretty distraught. When she said, I bore him in sorrow, she really had to think that one through to name him that. But he says even to God, he says, I was called pain. 
But what he was really asking God, may your hand be upon me and that you would bless me. Because when your name is called pain, that's not really leaning toward a blessing. But what he was really asking in the Hebrew of God was reverse the curse. Reverse the effects of my name. Because names were connected to your destiny. I was named because legacy in the, in the Hebrew tradition, in the Jewish tradition, flows through the mother. So if your mother is a Jew, you're a Jew, no matter what. You can, be, you can go on in life and become, which I, I grew up in a Catholic Italian home, and you know we practiced some of the Jewish holidays, but didn't matter because in my mom's side of the family, in the Jewish side of the family, I was considered a Jew. To where the patriarch of our family, uh, my uncle, he was the oldest living male. He looked at me one day and said, you were born a Jew and you will die a Jew. I said, okay, no problem. But I was named Cheryl, but in Hebrew it's Besheva. And that name was after my great-grandmother because she was a matriarch in the family. And when they named me that, it translates in the English, Shirley. But my father didn't like Shirley. So he said, call her whatever you want in Hebrew. She is Cheryl. (laughs) But the whole point was that I was to carry... An authority like my great-grandmother. You see, your name is tied into who you are, your destiny. And for Jabez, he said, God, I really need to be dependent on you. Saints, we have the same need. I don't care what our name is. We need God. We need to be totally dependent on God. As we enter this fast, you know, we've got to be dependent on God to make it. Because without God, we can just stop eating, but that don't mean nothing. Hello? And we might lose a few pounds, but that means nothing to God. As we enter this fast, we have to say, God, I want you to reverse all the curses in my life. I want you to expand my influence. I want this fast to change me, God. It doesn't change you. You're God. Go forward this week with intent, with purpose. And he said to God, he goes, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil so that I am not a grief to you. He wasn't saying keep me from evil because, God, I don't want to go through anything. I've heard it preached that way too. Keep me from evil so I don't have to be going through stuff. Listen to me. As long as you live, you're going to go through stuff. But he said, God, I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to grieve your heart. That is to be our heart cry too. God, keep us from evil so we don't grieve you. So we don't have any reason for people, now listen to me, to look at us and say, and you call yourself a Christian. I hate that. I hate if I cut somebody off or if I, you know, get ugly with anyone. I hate that. Because I want to be love, kindness. I want to be those things as a witness for him. Amen. Let me read to from another version as you prepare to close. Jabez, this is from the contemporary English version. Jabez was a man who got his name because of the pain he caused his mother during birth. But he was still the most respected son in his family. One day he prayed to Israel's God. Please 
bless me and give me a lot of land. Be with me so I will be safe from harm. And God did just what Jabed had asked. When's the last time you've asked God to keep you from evil? When's the last time you've asked God to bless you? Just Well, he knows I want to be blessed. No. Have you asked him to bless you? When's the last time you've asked him to keep his hand upon you and your family? I would say that you should incorporate this every day into your personal prayer life. Yeah. Those four requests. The Jabez prayer. I have a special closing tonight again. But here, here, here's, here's a pain in a marriage. He must pay. Would you read this here? No. He must pay. A husband and wife had a tiff. An argument. They had an argument. The wife called up her mom. And said, he fought with me again, and I'm coming to live with you. Her mom said, no, darling, he must pay for his mistake. I'm coming to live with you. In comes the mother-in-law. Amen. On his birthday, Scott Mullins, minister man of God, has come to minister to us the blessing of the Lord. Not Scott. Christian, I'm sorry. Been a long day, amen. Yeah, the cousins. Yeah. Are you ready to worship the Lord tonight? And uh, I'll take this offering here and put this aside. Bring out the seed basket. And I want to you to uh, prepare your hearts tonight to join us in praising the Lord. A familiar song by Brian Cage. We shared it this morning. Share it again tonight. This morning the focus was on the house of the Lord and praise the presence of God. Tonight it's a focus on you being blessed. Amen. You're blessed to be a what? Blessing. When the blessing consumes you and you forget to rejoice in the blesser, don't always rejoice in the blessing. Remember to rejoice in the blessor who gave it to you. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Let's worship the Lord.